Hello, welcome to Reanimated, episode 288. This is the podcast about zombies and pop culture and TV and movies and books. And uh, hey, I'm Stuart, and joining me is the intrepid, nope, that's your word. Haha. Ha. The you interesting H.A. Conrad. You can so say it, you can say intrepid. Well, here you are. Uh, what a glorious day it is, at least on, uh, I'm like 2,400 miles away from you, but what a glorious day it is to be talking about zombies. What do you think? I think so. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the pollen is out, the sun is shining. Um, I, uh, I have to say, um, I was, when you texted me whether asked and, and asked whether I had watched the episode, I was like, oh no, oh, that no. does not it- bode well. Cannot be a good thing. Because the only time you ever text me is when something is a dumpster fire. (laughs) It's when it's so bad that I just have to do a scream even before we podcast. Right. Um, So with that, with that spoiler alert, uh, we are talking about Fear the Walking Dead, uh, the episode uh, that is episode nine of this season, um, Things Left to Do. And, um, yeah, and then there's, but before we get to that, we have some, some news items, but, um, and ahead of that, just a quick, quick little update in general. Um, here in New York, we are getting the vaccinations going. It's not the same in other parts of the world. I mean, I'm sure you saw the news about India, which is pretty daunting and, and upsetting, um, which they, they are, you know, they've got some cases kind of out of control so much so that they have basically, uh, stop distribution of the vaccines that they had been producing there. Um, and those vaccines were going to other countries um, that could ill afford to not have them, so, such as like Pakistan. Um, and um, I, I cannot remember the other country that was mentioned in the article I read. But um, regardless, the, the reason why they are not distributing is because they need them in India because it's now like something like over 200,000 cases. Um, which is pretty significant, and their vaccination rates are not where they need to be. They've put some lockdown measures in place, um, but I think that this just sort of goes to show what, you know, we really are in all this together in terms of, like, a world effort for vaccinations, so hopefully that will help, at least within India, but that means other places cannot get the vaccinations. Um, In the meantime, here in the U.S., J&J is still paused, as is AstraZeneca, though that had never been approved here. And both of those vaccines appear to be causing some rare clotting issues in very like a tiny number. So that's one in a million. It's really sick. And and believe me, I am not making light of a very serious condition because I know that uh, that one person has died. But um, it, it, it considering the number of people that have been vaccinated and the alternative um, and honestly, if you look at um, the rates in terms of like what, say, birth control causes, um, this is a little, to me, it's very short-sighted and I feel like they should ramp up the production again. Um, well, yeah, you can ramp it up, but I mean, unfortunately, the, the confidence has been destroyed. Oh, I know, which is like, I don't and, know. I, and I and have... as much as it's like so frustrating because, yeah, okay, one person out of seven million has died and that is tragic. But also one in a hundred die or one in a hundred who get COVID die, right? right? So just freaking let's roll out that vaccine. 
And you know, one of my um, one of my friends asked me if you know if if there were no other vaccines available, would I have taken the AstraZeneca or the J and J? And the answer is absolutely. So, you know, I don't, but I know that some people don't feel that way, but that's just my, my thing is like, I know, and I know people, lots of people who have gotten the J&J, no issue at all. So, you know, I just think, um, this is such a tough thing to happen. So I hope that they, they, I don't know what they can do at this point, but I digress. Um, so we've got some cool news items today. Freaking. Okay. So I'm going to start from the top. Uh, and this is probably unsurprising. I mean, if you've been paying attention to the Fear of the Walking Dead for the last three years, uh, it's surprising that more people haven't asked for what uh, Garrett Dillahunt did, which was to be let go off the show last right. season. Right. And they wrote this whole plot in order to to get him off the show. And um, Godspeed, Garrett Dillahunt. He's already landed his next pro- project. It's uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. I'm not sure if it's a series or a movie. I don't remember anymore. But um Sounds like it's something that's up his alley. Yeah. And we get to see him in Army of the Dead. And he's even in that trailer, which we're also going to talk about. I, I agree. Like, I am, and and again, reserve, we already spoiled slightly, but um, my fears, all my fears have come true <laughs> the next episode. Um, so John Dory was Honestly, one. Honestly, these are not the fears that I had. These are a whole new set of fears that have come true in this episode, but go on. Well, my biggest fears when they when this all happened with the last episode is that they just were going to go completely off the rails, which they did, um, and just have a total um, lack of direction and a mishmash of trying to sort of find a center again. Um, and that's pretty much what has happened. Um, my feeling about John Dory and he is one of the reasons why I was stuck with this show because with, even though there were definitely some saccharine and maybe overly sentimental, overly, you know, um, sort of man as good, you know, soul and, and all that stuff with him, uh, like being a person who is like, uncorrupted and that that theme um being the heart of the show um i I, sometimes they they overplayed their hand with him on that i think but overall i think part of it was definitely because garrett dillhunt is an amazing actor and was able to do it without seeming like it was unrealistic like you believed it um and you believed this character and this storyline made the show less bleak and it also gave it definitely like a, to me, like a center to go around and, and somebody that just was enjoyable to watch. Um, and I did love his relationship with June. Um, I thought that was like, just like a very interesting thing to do. Um, he was always such a cartoony character, not cartoony, but comic booky, like with his, you know, shoot his shooting skills. Yeah, kind of, like and a lot of th- a lot of aspects of his character were were a little bit fantastic. But that was a nice thing for the show. It was a nice thing, but it was also, I think, one of the reasons why it was successful was because when you play it against the character of June, who is like, you know, she's had her work like if she she lost her daughter she feels like she's lost all hope in humanity and she was able to find it back she get it back with him um, strangely he had preserved his humanity by being an isolationist true. right <laughs> that's true too um but in any case that part of the show i found totally enjoyable and so 
when you get rid of that and then you, you're like, oh no, they're just going to lose it with all these other characters. Um, and it was like, I'll be totally blunt. It was even worse than I feared. It was even worse than I feared when you texted me. I you're, was, you're getting ahead, AJ. We've got more news. I know, but anyway, let's just say, the... let's just say I will miss Garrett Dillahunt. I wish God him damn. well, but I, I will miss this character dearly. He's um, going to go on to do such great things that um, it's better for him to be off the show. I agree. Let's just, I agree. And I love this, this. These showrunners are literally the worst. Oh, and God, so, I know, I know. Good so, for him. Um, one one tidbit that I did find interesting is that he's like, yeah, I started talking about this in like season five. And it's like, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Um, anyway, yep. Um, yep. but I wish him all the best. I can't wait to see him in other things. And again, it's like one of those sort of bittersweet things where it's like you're going to miss the character, but you really hope the best for the actor because um, you just like them a lot. So... I, I hope to see him in, in much more. Um, and uh, speaking of much more. We've also got a couple of uh, links or a link in the, in the show notes to some of the behind the scenes stuff that he yeah. took on his last uh, on, in that last episode that he was in. Uh, including some like some of the action shots with uh, Lenny James where yeah. he's getting lassoed and then forgot to like duck down out of the shot, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. Um, and just like, you know, panning around the, sh- the crowd of zombies on the bridge during that. that. And, and they're all just kind of like sticking their tongues out at the zombies and they're, while they're getting spoken to by the director. Yep. Um, so I really enjoyed seeing those kinds of little. Um, oh, yeah, agree. Um, but we will at least get to see him a bit in Army of the Dead. Uh, the newest. He has that one tiny line in that the That one line. Uh, so I don't know how much he's actually in it, but uh, it was nice to see him. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll see him other things that are... I want to see him in every series. No. <laughs> uh, in any case, um, the Army of the... I know that he's done a lot of movies. Army of the Dead, clearly, but... Yeah. Um, you know, he, he did uh, Mindy Project. He was in Deadwood. Yeah, I loved him in Deadwood. And that he was great. But Army of the Dead trailer, let, let us talk about this. Um, I really, uh, much like friend of the show, Kevin, I really just don't know what to make of this. Um, I mean, I know exactly what this well, is. Well, I know this what is, to make after of After watching four and a, four hours and change of Justice League. Oh, yes. I, I, this has, this is Snyder and it's DNA. This is just like, I'm going to show you some real, you know, imagery and there's going to be some great editing, frankly, with the song, uh, the, 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 uh, the gambler. And um, hmm. this is going to be an this is going to be a great cast. Uh, plot might not be great, frankly. I love I love Kenny Rogers like most people do. I love the Gambler. It's a great song. I think that that was the best part of this trailer. <laughs> to be honest with you, was the editing with that song, and they they do it was as you said, classic Zack Snyder. Um, I really got you know in in my zombie fan bones. Um, I, the idea that these are, because these are, okay, let's, let's, let's get out with it. These are not zombies. If they can think and organize and carry weapons, they are not zombies. They are something uh, else. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass because he did Dawn of the Dead, uh, 2004, and he played that pretty, well, he, he, uh, he introduced fast zombies basically at that point, right? Was it him who did it first or was it, uh, no, it was 28 days later. Was it 28 days later came out before that? Yeah. Like that's um, definitely was, not on. It was apocryphal, right? Like it was, it was against the grain. People were a little upset, but also terrified. And he's not gonna, I w- if I was him, I wouldn't do it the same way twice either. So 
we'll see. Um, obviously, they're they're going. They are going in a different direction. I don't think that I saw these guys with weapons. Did they have weapons? I don't know. Kind of, but they also, you know. Uh, th- I guess the kind of funny part was the zombie tiger. There's some very like quippy little lines, which you would expect. Um, and, you know, look, I think it's going to be, I think it is supposed to be a ridiculous spectacle and they're going to go exactly. for that no matter what. And much like Vegas, maybe they're going for that ridiculous spectacle thing, but it, like it, I will say that the crowds, the CGI, like to show Looks how good. many, Mm, I'm not into it. Um, okay. <laughs> I thought it looked good. I thought it looked better well, than some of the CGI in this episode of Walk, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Well, yeah, but that doesn't take much. <laughs> I know that's not much. Um, and you know, and, and so anyway, I like you know, I did kind about of is the uh, the the setup of having maybe it's Vegas, maybe it's more than just Vegas, but that is zombie, and the rest of the you know outside, it's the same sort of setup as Peninsula. Yeah, where you've got a, like a functioning world potentially outside, which is the only scenario where a bank heist in a zombie apocalypse makes sense. Right. So they have to kind of have it that way. But um, well, because money like has to mean something right. somewhere exactly. else, right? Exactly. But uh, so it, it actually shares a lot of um, plot with with Peninsula in that respect. Uh, it, you know, a little, little bit, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of differences, but uh, we'll see. We'll see exactly how far. Well, look, I like Dave Bautista. There were some. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, the usual hero cuts that you would expect from this kind of thing. Um, also had a be- little of the, the fat, it had a little Fast and Furious feeling to it. Like, this is the group of people that is, you know, going to do the heist, but they're going to do it for them and not be taking advantage of him. I don't know. <laughs> like, it had yeah. a little bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, but he had, he was, it felt like he was channeling some Vin Diesel a little bit. I can't believe um, that there's a, another one of those movies coming out. I cannot I believe it. Trailers, but it. I am not shocked. Um, but and that man, that that whole franchise is going to go on forever. I think. Um, and they're bringing back the long dead character of Han, which is crazy. So there you go. I don't know if they'll bring back the long dead character that Gal Gadot plays. But we'll I see. don't remember these people. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. The plots um, of these movies never stuck in my head, but um, um, I, I know uh, they, yeah. This is like a very weird thing um, for me to admit, but um, my husband loves this movie so much, <laughs> which is way out of, this is not something he would normally watch, and he has forced me to watch them and a couple of them more than once, and I just can't take it anymore. They're not, I think they're hilarious. Um, they're just, and some of the stunts are kind of ridiculous and fun to watch, but overall, like I just, they're not my thing. Um, but I'm sure we will be forced to watch the next one. Oh god! <laughs> Which is the only reason I know that the Londa char- character of Han is back because he's very. My husband's really excited about that. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, so Army of the Dead. Um, there's also a new. Um, anime and by the way like we're gonna watch army of the dead and we're gonna like oh hell yeah we're gonna laugh we're gonna love the spectacle or maybe not and then we'll you know clearly we're gonna watch this so never fear even though we're all we're kind of like giving it a hard time right now i'm pretty high on snyder right now after the four hours of justice league and it only Uh, sits like better in my head really because dude no 
It no, was, and, and by the way, and painful, I, but really, you know, like the dude, the dude's got vision and I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with, with Army. I Black. don't know that he does. Um, and by the way, I am a somebody that has defended some of the things that he has done specifically, uh, Watchmen related, um, and the 300, like I, I understand like as a visual director, I think he is really good. And I did like certain things about Don Ed. like I am normally the one that is defends him however i couldn't i still haven't been able to get through the full justice league and i am somebody who really (laughs) likes dc characters i like justice league i grew up with you know wonder twin powers activate and all that stuff but when you compare it to the avengers films like there is no comparison and it's kind of like how did you mess this up so badly um if you watch uh, like avengers I mean, you can watch. There, there's definitely some clunkers in that whole like series, yes. but but Avengers Endgame really just shows how cl- like the Russo brothers did such a fantastic job at um, winding that whole thing down um, and sort of paving the way for the next jump um, and the next group. And I just don't feel like that with the Justice League. I don't care about those characters. I just, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to, I can't get on board with you on this one, but I will still watch. That's fair. I will grant you that uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been just blowing my mind. And right. the last episode that they did was so good. It was so good. I mean, it's, and I'm not like the the DC, like Justice League. I'm like, okay, I like we have not even gotten through half of that thing. And you know, I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. I just can't. It's just, uh, anyway. But it's just not dedicated enough. Oh my God. I am so dedicated. It's just, it's just, it's like watching a train wreck. I just can't do it. Um, but anyway, another next... thing that you probably won't be able to watch is this upcoming Resident Evil Infinite Darkness anime series that's coming to Netflix. <laughs> uh, I think it's coming in July, and there's a trailer uh, now out, starring Leon and Claire Redfield, and um, in the White House with zombies, and I'm sure it's going to be bad. I, I... Um, did you notice? Like, so the trailer, and and this is the thing that normally I say: animation has come so far, and it looks really it's not good. The best. This has an uncanny valley of weirdness going on with it. Yeah. Um, they look very weird and plasticky. I don't, I don't know what's going on with the animation here. It's not good. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, this. they're using similar um, styles to what they've used in the movies that they've made of this. But they are doing it at a less at a, a lower budget, I think. I would that, say that, there's definitely to it. Yeah, definitely a lower budget involved in this. But you know, I would I'm still watching. you know, I'm just gonna watch all of this. The only thing I can't watch is Justice League, apparently. <laughs> what about the Mia Jovovich movies that we've stopped watching? I thought we were done with uh, Resident Evil. Uh, I yeah, probably. I don't know. If you really want to, I can hey, do it. But I think we only have like two left to finish the series. All right. Series if you really, if you want to, one. we can do it. I'll slog through them. Um, right. You heard it here first, folks. All right. Um, but in happier news and things that I don't have to slog through or will be willing to watch, uh, there has been some talk of a Negan spinoff, um, which isn't shocking because he, I think he's one of the more interesting characters, and there's probably a lot of things that you could do with him. Um, I, this hasn't been confirmed, but he did say that this is something that has been brought up, and it sounds like he'd probably be open to it. Um, and I do yeah. think he really likes this character in this franchise. So that was I don't some- know. I, I see this news, and I'm a little bit like, wow, okay, so based on one episode where you get good critical reviews, 
you're like, oh, let's do a whole show about it. It just feels so knee jerk. I don't think it was just about this episode, though, because I do think that in terms of characters that have a kind of interesting story arc, he is definitely one of them and not just in the the show, but in the the graphic novels. Um, I think that there's lots of stuff to explore there, although what kind of a spinoff would this take? I don't know. It's, it's, It's like what? sort of where would they do that would this be retro would this like be in another i don't know is it sort of like his journey afterwards which i guess it might have to be if they're going to link it up with other things um see if he's still alive at the end of season 11 right yeah um so but this could also be kind of a tease if they are planning to kill them off so i'm aware of that too um but in the meantime uh jeffrey dean morgan is just you know making the most of it bringing every family member he has onto the show (laughs) Um, his son made is making an appearance apparently as a as a walker um which is kind of fun you know because they did the makeup and his son is um 11 which i mean man can you imagine doing this as an 11 year old this must be so much fun right yeah totally um so they they show him in full on makeup and and i'm just sort of jealous that you know my dad isn't as cool as jeffrey dean morgan (laughs) um you know yeah yeah okay i'll give you that just saying um, but in any case, now now are you ready to talk about things left to do? Speaking of things left to do. Things left to do, written by Michael Satrazimus, directed no, written Other by way around. Nick Bernad uh, Bernadone and directed by Michael Satrazimus. Okay. Okay, deep breaths. Deep breaths, H.A. This picks up with June digging John's grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of like weird focus stuff because she's in shock. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll give her that. I will not forgive her, however, for digging like a one foot deep grave and getting terrible blisters on all of her hands. Yep. All of her hands, all two of her hands uh, on every every uh, on her across her palms. And she puts him in the shack. This is a very small gripe, but I just I'm looking at this. I'm like, how did she possibly what has she been doing in the zombie apocalypse if she doesn't have calluses? Why right. isn't she wearing gloves? And why did she think that burying uh, John's corpse, or I guess the corpse of his undead self, in the in this one foot deep grave was going to save uh, him from any kind of like predators? Or, you know, I don't like, even know. It doesn't even make sense. Um, I like it's just kind of odd because you know we all know that she's not actually digging the grave, so would it have taken that much to dig it a little deeper? Right. Um, it, like so. Anyway, Back up the excavator and just right. Like it just doesn't. Have those production assistants really just put a couple more feet into it? There's um, a reason why th- things are supposed to be six feet under, right? Because uh, that's about how far you have to go for things to not dig get the corpse up. Um, one of the, I mean, there's probably an argument to be made that possums and raccoons, which would eat this corpse, are probably very thinned out by the zombie apocalypse. Maybe. But, uh, you know. But in any case, you know, I'm, you know, they're going to do, they were doing exactly what I expected to do in terms of her weird sort of perspective. But then, you know, things get swiftly worse. Um, one, but Also in that scene, Hill, oh God, everybody's such a, jerk yeah and hill is a big question mark for me in this episode obviously but she picks up his gun out of the grave and then she's just holding it she's not really doing anything she's sitting there kind of crying and hill puts a gun to her head right and And then they have like drop it 
Yeah, but it's like this odd exchange. Like, we all know that the gun is not about the gun. It's because it was John's. It's got his initials on it. This is something that is pretty much the man. If you're going to take anything, this and the hat are it, right? Um, So that was kind of a strange interaction. Um, And before we get into this episode, the one thing I will say, overall, what felt so strange and disjointed to me is that, um, and I, you know, feel free to disagree with me, Stuart, but it kind of felt like um, there were multiple writers or multiple conflicting ideas about what was supposed to happen in this and not a ton of editing that probably needed to be done or or somehow like honing of the script and the storytelling. Um, and it's such a stark contrast from the last episode that it just, you know, and maybe like part of me was also wondering, like, is this deliberate, like that chaos is supposed to ensue after John Dory dies because he is basically law and order? Is this a little bit of what they were trying to go for. Um, but most, mostly I just think it's very sloppy show running and storytelling. It definitely feels extremely patchy. Um, I think we do need it. We needed to start this episode with June. It also ends with June, but there's a lot of absence of June that's felt throughout the rest of the right. episode after this scene, for sure. And it does feel a little bit like, all right, we'll just bookend it with June and then we'll cover the rest of this garbage that we're going to put in this episode. Uh, and so that's that's quite frustrating because the next scene that we get is this, uh, you know, season six Walking Dead Prime adjacent line in the street uh, mm. execution style thing. And that is so dumb. It's dumb. Vir- Virginia is like walking down the line, pointing her gun in people's faces with zero impact including at a pregnant lady, but then doing nothing, just yelling at them. And then somehow it like, then Morgan shows up because that's what he's been doing all season and why and how. It's just, and then there's a lot of the, like, you know, the sort of posturing and the back and forth, like, um, I'm guessing that maybe part of what they did this was to set up the stuff with, with strand maybe, Um, but it was weird. And then they have all the walkie talkie things that they're doing. And you know what it didn't feel like? It didn't feel like as scary as when Negan had everybody lined up and was going to kill Glenn, which is immediately at least what my mind went to. And I'm like, wow, this is like super unsuccessful. And it definitely does not rise to that level. And, and then the, the, like the payoff, if you want to put that in major air quotes, is when Morgan is like, I'm going to tell you the truth about Virginia and her duplicity and her hypocrisy, uh, because, you know, in theory, she hasn't been towing the lines of the laws of the community. And I'm like, this makes no sense for this storyline. Right. Virginia is not some a character that they've established to be based on these like this like strict moral code. She literally kills people who are inconvenient to her. All she the kills time. People. Who don't uh, serve enough of a purpose? She shot Morgan, and like uh, you know, no no qualms about that. She's killed dozens of people. She's she she has a whole group of outcasts who she tried to murder, which means they're the lucky ones who got away. She has been killing people who just don't work for her community nonstop, and so for there to be any sort of like concept of her leading this strict moral code that. That then Morgan is going to unravel with his one speech. And it is an absurd premise. It just doesn't work. Even if that was the case, 
why would they believe Morgan, right? Yeah. Like, even if this was true and this she was, like, doing this kind of crazy code and they all believe this, why would any of them believe a thing Morgan has to say? They're probably he's not going to. He's a stranger to all of them, right? Like, they, nobody's ever met Morgan before. It's not like he's John Dory, who they might have believed. Right. Um, the only thing that may have had impact on them is the fact that her sister killed John Dory. And so maybe, maybe that. But even then, you know, we're talking about a community of people that she's built. Like, I feel like their loyalties are still probably going to be aligned with hers. Um, if only from a survivor point of view, much like people would align with Negan from a survivor point of view. Um, and then the whole ridiculous thing, um, the big reveal... Hmm. With Strand being like, you told me to build an army, but you didn't, you know, know that they'd not, they'd be loyal to me. And it felt all just very, like, again, chaos thrown together, bad storytelling. Um, there was no payoff. Even when he did that, it's sort of like, okay, all right, Strand. I don't know. Like, there was just yeah. nothing there that made me go, oh. And it felt like the rhythm of this whole scene felt very disjointed and kind of like false. Um, tension, if that makes sense. Like, there yep. didn't feel like there was tension. It felt like they were really struggling to keep it moving. And again, I mean, maybe these were, maybe this is part of the issue with filming during the pandemic and they didn't get enough time to kind of put this together. But I can't believe that that's the case given how they did the last episode. You know what I mean? Also, Daniel, also, I mean, this is not related to what you just said, but I agree with everything you're saying. But also, Daniel got whacked in the head again remember the last time he yeah. got whacked in the head he has to he had to pretend he had, was an amnesiac right um and, and this, this honestly this is pretty good makeup the wound that he gets from that it's is pretty like significant massive but then they completely by the end of the episode it's just like a couple butterfly bandages he's fine he's just like yeah yep, he doesn't have like a dent in his head or a trough in his head which is definitely what it looked like it's like I'm a 50, 60, 70 year old. I don't, can't really tell how old Ruben Blades is. I'm I'm an older He's man. Timeless. And I, I keep getting hit in the head with rifles, and I'm just fine. I'm okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But so, yes, I agree that the that whole scene it falls apart in every way con conceivable. And um, the end result is that Morgan drives off with Virginia, and Strand is yelling at him like, "No." I need her. We need justice. I'm like, Strand, she's never done anything to you. You literally sold out your group to get in bed, right. like in bed, fig uh, figuratively speaking, with <sighs> them. Like she, he gave them the MRAP, right? Like that yeah. was the thing he did at the end of the last season. And then he, uh, you know, took the job of general, whatever. She's never wronged him. And well, so this is actually probably in character for Strand. He's an opportunist. It's just, it feels empty. There's no like actual realization there's no light bulb moment where you're like oh my god it was strand all along no it's yeah no like and it's not even clever which you would expect from strand so that's really disappointing and then the other part is that this whole gun battle that ensues feels weird and stupid and it even feels like almost in slow motion it's like okay we're gonna grab grace and daniel and put him in this thing and mm -hmm. and even just all the like the, the getaway and, and morgan getting virginia feels like super forced um and then you know he somehow manages to get her like evade everybody else and but takes her to a place where people know where he been where he's been in like the huh. sort of knockdown water tower and then there's the super weird thing where it's like, okay, now call your people and tell them to keep 
Grace and Daniel safe. Like all this feels really just strangely put together and like a story, like the storytelling is very sloppy and uh, the annoying like, thing that happens in this scene also, what, well, there's a couple. Number one, he's left a map next to Virginia so that she can say their location over the radio. Who does that? Number Nobody two, does that. Yeah, that's a really silly thing to do. Number two, she confirms that it is Dakota's handwriting on the note. So basically, the showrunners are dumb. Yep. And they have actually made it so that Dakota was the one who patched him up after the fight at Which, the Gulch. You know, I think the scenario you and I talked about before would have made a lot more sense if she was a total, like, sociopath or psychopath and, like, is lying about it and somebody else did this. That would have been a much better idea. But no, this is not what they did. That was Virginia's first response, too. She's like, no way. And then Morgan's like, I think she can do a lot more things than you realize. And I'm like, well, okay. So she's like, Dakota's magic. Dakota is magic, apparently. (laughs) Uh,. Well, yeah. And then the other insanely stupid thing that happens in this scene is, I don't know, like a minute after they say where they are, uh, Sherry and the MRAP show up. Like, how would they even know? <laughs> because I mean, they, they, they did say their location over the radio. They, and they did, could ha- but they could be still, I mean, how far so away fast. are they? I don't know. And then they pers- like, there's like these two things where he keeps asking Virginia if she can run then puts her in a car and then the car goes out, and like it's so weird. And then, and then they're per- being per- like this when the car like breaks down. They then are running through the woods with a very strange thing. Instead of going over a log, she's like crawling under the log and <laughs> the leaves. Yeah. Uh... And then Sherry doesn't has a change of heart in a way that you would never expect her to have, given what we've seen before. Doesn't Wait, what kill- change of heart do you feel like Sherry has? Well, she doesn't kill her, which not right away. You know, like that's kind of weird. And then, you Sherry know, is is still a problem for this show because they have not written her in in a way that makes sense. Nope. She is so dedicated to this cause of killing Virginia, who she has never been wronged by. Exactly. Uh, that it's it's extreme, and that only continues to get worse as the episode goes on because they now consider this like a faction, the baby doll face mask people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and by the end of the episode, I mean I, we can wait till we get there, but Sherry's. Yeah, Sherry makes zero sense. And I just feel like another massive disservice has been done to a character from right. <laughs> The Walking Dead. Well, and I'm going to throw this out there because if Sherry has this sort of well-developed sense of vengeance, wouldn't she more likely be going after Negan? Right. Who she That's really... the actual person who wronged her. Yeah. And wronged her in some pretty horrific ways. Like he basically kept her as a sex slave. And she had to watch him torture her husband. And, you know, there are reasons why Negan would be a much better target for her ire than Virginia. But um, for all Morgan and she and Dwight know, the saviors have destroyed Alexandria. Actually, no, wait. When did No, Morgan left before the end, didn't he? Yeah, I, I don't know. But in did. any case, regardless, I just don't buy her animus towards Virginia. So that's weird. Um, but then um, as, you've as also we also had the, the revelation that Virginia is uh, Dakota's mother, which, which I don't is, think is that, you know, OK, but then it's just like, yeah, so then she killed. I still don't really understand why Virginia killed her parents. No, um, I, I mean, and they don't even they were go disappointed there in her. At first, I thought it was her dad was Dakota's 
dad. That's what I thought too. And I also thought maybe that doesn't seem like it's the case, but also I thought there might be some kind of abuse going on, either physical or sexual. That seemed to be where it was trending, but they didn't actually do that. So that was weird that they didn't kind of come out and say what it was that Virginia was escaping. So are we to just sort of think that maybe Virginia is just psycho and did this because she was perceiving this. Um, Cause really what I kind of got out of it, and I don't know if you read this as well, is that maybe she was like a, from a super conservative Christian family and they just were ashamed of what it was that, that, that she had this baby out of wedlock and young. Um, and so they kind of took it over, which I guess could be, could could be, be. but it was like not well explained, but it, it wasn't was... well explained and certainly not explained why she would go through such lengths to say, protect Dakota, where if you did have physical abuse or other types of abuse happening, that would make a lot more sense. Um, and also, you know, Virginia's sort of craziness and Dakota's craziness for that matter would make a lot more sense if there was something like that happening, if there was like this, aside from the zombie a apocalypse, real trauma. if yeah. there was some trauma going on. Um, but they don't do that, which would have been really easy to write in, but they didn't. Um, Sherry also says to Morgan after he saves Virginia's life, like, you're as bad as she is. You think you're, you say you're uh, like, you know, a good person, but you're just hurting people. I'm like, Sherry, he just told you that she has hostages. Yeah. like, Why are you so intractable on this? These are people that you've met, I right. think. Maybe not. I don't know that she's met them, but regardless, it's people that mean enough to Morgan that they're being held hostage. So, you know, and she understands what that is because of all the rejects that she's hanging out with or whatever they, they call themselves. Um, so that seems just like a strange line, too. Um, and then... You know, and then as the the rest of it goes, like all the stuff that happens, like, for example, why on earth would Morgan ever take Virginia any place that he would Uh. be known to go? He takes her to the place that's supposed to be secret and leads every single freaking person to this place and again they're there within 45 seconds yeah it's super fast um and you know this place is supposed to be kind of secret right that was my impression is that they were that was the whole point the whole point was to keep this this whole little settlement away off the radar now everybody knows about it so that's insane um and then secondly like you could have easily taken virginia someplace that nobody would know about and go and collect Dakota or go and go and talk to everybody to talk about how we can get the hostages. Do something, but do anything, but lead them to your secret settlement, right? That felt really dumb to me. Um, and then Extremely, extremely okay, dumb. And then let's talk about once they get to the settlement and, you know, everybody's kind of surrounded and it's this ridiculous back and forth, like, bring her out. No, we want justice. We want justice. I want to, I need to get justice for this. And the way she's acting is she has, oh yeah. And she's also telling Morgan, that's not your call. And I'm like, sure. You literally have zero stake in this fight. Right. You've never like, have you even met Virginia before? No, you just hang out with a bunch of people who probably were abused by her. For some reason, you're their spokesperson makes zero sense. You should be in the truck. Like, I don't know, counting bullets or whatever, something else. I don't know, understand why she's a, a leader for this group. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And then the other part that really doesn't make sense is the whole weird walkie-talkie exchange with Strand, yeah. with the people on the inside and Strand. And it's like, and now, 
in Althea, like Al. Like this could be a COVID thing where they're just like, all right, we want to have uh, a conversation, but we can't have them be that close to each other. Oh, maybe. So have him yell from fifty feet away into the walkie, and his voice will come out like he's just talking right into oh, it. Oh my It'll god, it's terrible. Um, and then you know they finally have the whole like Virginia's like, okay, I'm gonna get myself up, and no, I don't want to talk to Dakota. After all of that, she doesn't want to talk to Dakota. <laughs> I don't want to talk to Dakota. And Morgan, you have to kill me. Yep. And also, why haven't the Rangers and the baby mask people just driven continued to drive around the dam right. they act as if it's this like impregnable fortress but i'm like no you're just, just in, in a, a little valley right you're in a valley you can just go around it i've been to other lakes that have dams around them and they're not like impregnable they're just you have to drive a little bit or walk right up. so yeah so that didn't make sense um and then there's the whole thing where Morgan goes through his like moral choice. There's a moral choices. There's a lot of like him having flashbacks of the wrongs that Virginia has done them, trying to psych himself up to cut her hat off. And then, of course, he comes to the conclusion that he doesn't want to be as bad as her. And just, at this point, I'm writing in my notes. God damn it. Just fucking do it. I want this episode to end. Oh, I know. But also, let's just talk about the fact that they are all surrounded they're surrounded by rangers or former rangers. They're surrounded by the baby doll face people. They're surrounded by Strand and his, you know, whatever they are. And all of these people totally have a clear shot of her. Like, yeah. if Morgan hesitates, why didn't any of them take that shot if they really want her dead? But no, it just continues this stupid oh. standoff. And then they bring her back in and they do have the her talk to Dakota. Um, and, you know, that was... And an- it goes it goes badly. It, well, it goes badly, but it's also a stupid exchange, too. Like, the whole thing where you could actually reveal some things to your kid, you just both have these stupid things, you know, it's, it's terrible. It doesn't... I, I don't, should never... I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be alive, and none of us should be alive, is something Dakota says. And I'm like, oh, somebody needs to write that down, because that's just another reason why she should be killed. put out to pasture. Yeah, she, yeah, this is not a person. And how, in the name of... All that is holy. Are they going? I'm sorry. I'm skipping past the scenes, but we've already got a Charlie who killed Nick. Now we're going to have a Dakota who killed John. Are they seriously going to do this exact thing twice or are they going to do it slightly differently? But come on already. Even Charlie's in this in the in some of these scenes just looking like, ooh, I don't know what you guys are thinking. I know. And, and, you know, and I think that you're, I do think that you're right. Some of this may have had to do with the pandemic and how they had to like separate people or have people film it in a way. And maybe that's why it feels so disjointed possibly, but I just think it's pretty bad storytelling regardless. And I mean, Colby Minifee and Lenny James are having a lot of scenes where they are, their faces are micro inches away from each other. They are right up on top of each other. Just has a lot of bra shots in this episode. I'm like, since what? What's happening? I don't know if I'm supposed what I'm supposed to take away from the amount of skin that Virginia is showing. It is, in suppo- her. is it supposed to show us what kind of bras they have? Because I had that same thought. I was like, oh, this is odd. This is nice, an odd detail. Nice bra. No underwire. You know, it's a good good looking bra. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's so uh. strange. Um, <laughs> I noted this too. Actually, I put this in my notes. What's up with all the bra shots? Why Why do we keep seeing Virginia's bra? Um. But she's in good shape. Good for her. And then, you know, ultimately, the satisfaction I want and not satisfaction, but I mean, maybe I could see this if they ended this in a different way than they did. 
Um, this is honestly, in a way, it's the only good part about this episode. It's the only good thing, even if I disagree and I'm a little bit bemoaning the, yes, June going off the deep end. She's wasted all of these resources, their limited medical supplies, bringing bringing Virginia back from the edge, right? That's the, the kind of not shown but expressed by Virginia later on. She's like, you saved me again. Right. Thank you so much. Because so June has like taken the bullet out of her, I guess, and patched her up. Um, and then. Right. So she's done all this work. She has a discussion where she's like, okay, yeah, this is karma, my daughter, your daughter, blah, 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 except it's not the same, and so I'm going to shoot you. Well, so I guess my thing was, if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you also kill Dakota? Because if she's that far off the deep end, there's two people that probably would be dead in this episode, and the other one is Dakota. And that, what? She, She doesn't want to blame the child, I guess. Is the only reason I can think. Like mm. June killing a kid, I think is, yeah. Yeah, but if you're gonna throw her off the deep end, just go all the way. Also, and is this the first time um, Jenna Elfman has had her hair down in the entire show, and it was purely so that she could put John Dory's hat on at the end of the episode? I think so. Yep. <laughs> when I saw her with her hair down, I was like, "Oh, that's a different look for her." Oh, and she has a hat in her hand. Oh, okay. I think I know what's. Gonna, I think I know where this is gonna go. Yeah. Um, so. So again, I just don't even know what to make of this. I don't know where they're going to go with this next. I'm assuming there's going to be some Lizzie look at the flowers moment with Dakota at some point, which may be why they kept her alive. Um, why? Why draw that out? But you know, if if they are, just, I mean, I know it's only the second episode of the of the half season, but just get rid of her. So what I thought was going to happen here is not, you know, I didn't expect June to kill her in this moment. I thought they were that she was. What I thought they were going to maybe do is let um, Dakota and Virginia do their start to actually think that they were getting away. And then I thought June was going to probably take them out in the woods. <laughs> that would have been a better ending, too, honestly. And like, that nobody have, would know have, about it, basically. Have June just hunt them down. Oh, yeah. But the so, thing is, she just walks off it out of the dam, walks into the wilderness just with a hat and his pistol yep. and no other supplies. Yep, that's it. Um, Part of me wants to see in the next episode, there's like uh, some people out in the woods doing a like scavenging or, or a defensive sweep and they just find her body. She's died of exposure. Maybe. <laughs> you know, um, like, but we, we get that. But good. this is just terrible. I don't know what to do. <laughs> There's it's nothing so to do. Um, and, and okay. And then did you watch the, the showrunner explication at the end, which under Andrew Kang, I was like, these are so great. This is the Angela Kang, not Andrea Kang, Angela Kang. Uh, so I think this one is, Andrew Shambliss? Yeah, it is Andrew Shambliss, not not, <laughs> not Andrew Ian Kane. Or... If it was Angela Kane, this would have just been a totally different show oh entirely. But God, um, could she run everything, please? So he's like, June has gone and done the one thing that John didn't want for this settlement, and I'm like, what? John wanted to kill himself. He didn't give a crap yeah. about this settlement. The last thing he thought was, I can try and nurse this wounded, uh, traumatized Dakota back from the edge of being a psycho. He had no nothing to say about like of uh, the settlement and Morgan's acts and whether or not they should kill you know Virginia he didn't really care I and feel in like. fact he didn't want to go to the settlement because he basically said to Morgan that no matter what you think it's not what you think it is it's not going to be this this sort of like um amazing sort of <laughs> sanctuary it's all going to go bad just like just like Lawson did 
and just like all these other places have. And that's sort of where he was in his thinking. Um, maybe he thought he could bring Dakota back from her nuttiness, but regardless, I don't think his intention was ever go- to go to the settlement. He had no, it, nothing in, invested in the settlement. So makes I, me wonder if, if the showrunners even read the scripts or watch, or the, watch show. the show because yeah, um, my, I felt like the after commentary was much like this particular episode itself all over the place and just sort of didn't make sense. <laughs> so um, this yeah. was the worst episode of this entire um, like universe. I've I never think so seen too. an episode yeah. that made me so un- dissatisfied with decisions and and comments and scenes. Entire like the shootout, the street, the street lineup scene. It, nothing has pissed me off more than this episode in, in the entire Walking Dead universe. Um, th- there were some episodes that came close, but yeah, I think this one now wins the prize. Definitely, I I don't even. I honestly just don't even know what to do with it. Um, and as I said, my my wildest fears when you sent me that text <laughs> were all realized. <laughs> um, but even I didn't anticipate that it would just be such a such a disaster. Um, but in any case, um, so if, if you have thoughts about this episode, <laughs> Kevin, I'm talking to you, my friend. <laughs> Send us your thoughts it was... um, at gmail.com or leave a note on the site, reanimatedpodcast.com. Or you can certainly tweet at us. Maybe it's, maybe there'll be an angry tweet about this to reanimatedpcast, which is the Twitters. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to, to say about the show, Stuart, before we, we sign off? I mean, how many other cast members are going to ask to get off the show? Probably all of them. My other question is, is is now June off the show? Was that supposed to be her walk-off too? Maybe. 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 We'll find out. So, um, well. Also, I thought Alicia Debenham Carey looked a little bit pregnant in this episode. She is pregnant, but I don't think it was because she was pregnant looking in this episode. No, but I, yeah. Um, She was wearing different pants than she usually wears. She was wearing definitely different pants. Um, I also was like, huh, same thing. Um, But the other, the other part of this that I thought may, honestly, maybe it's going to bring back Madison. I thought that's where they were going to go with this ending because Strand basically says to her, hey, I'm going to come up with a reason for you to go with me. And my only thought, is he going to now somehow produce Madison out of nowhere? And that didn't happen. (laughs) That sounded like a threat when he said that to Alicia. You know, he's like, oh, I'll find a way. You should come with me. And Sherry's like, and I can't come into the settlement because I'm going to hang out with Raleigh and the mask people because we have a we have a vision and a, a reason for existing, which was actually just to kill Virginia and she's dead. So. Right. And Dwight, There's, let's let's just say, like, man, the look on Dwight's face is like, man, why did I keep looking in cars for notes or like... Yeah, for like six years, months. Years I've been doing this and you're hanging out with the mask people? I don't know. Just seems like a little bit of a letdown. No? So, anywho, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. And, and yeah. I'm really curious to hear what people think if they were uh, as uh, disappointed as we were. Or if anybody has like a good defense for this episode, I, I, I'd hear it. Um, I just think, though, that there isn't one. However, if you can think of one, please share it with us. Well, until next time. Ciao. Uh, yeah, bye. And we'll have more Fear the Walking Dead next time on Reanimated.